0: Well, my weird throat sounding sounds i guess i don't have the words to put in its place but hello welcome to the show welcome to my blurred opinion and episode 188 All right, everybody, we're here again. Uh, my dumbass forgot about this one, and so it, it's late at night, 9 o'clock here on uh, Eastern Time, and uh, I'm I'm kind of just letting this ride. I'm actually, I just turned all my lights off like, other than the podcast board, and we're just going to kind of have a little romantic conversation here, just a nice little intimate conversation uh, between me and a, a guy I met a while back. Uh, oh, here comes Bullet, my cat. He loves to, he knows when the podcast starts because I sit on the couch and he lays next to me. Uh, anyway. Uh, this guy, yeah, he has a, a topic that we've we've covered, um, just not uh, in particularly this type of. Uh, well, I guess we'll get into it. But he, he we've we've discovered this, or we've talked about this condition multiple times, but um, never um, as a male. So that's always unique, and I always like tackling uh, subject matters from different angles, um, no matter how rare it is, because just because it's rare doesn't mean more than you know a, a shitload of people have it. Um, but yeah, he has a good story. He seems like a good, nice, really nice guy. So let's talk. Um, Hey buddy, you want to tell us your name and maybe a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Well, uh, thanks Tim for, um, for having me on your podcast. Yeah. My name is Ron Rappaport. I am a, uh, two time male breast cancer survivor. And along the way I acquired lymphedema. So I'm still struggling with that a little bit. And I advocate for malebreastcancerhappens.org. And by the way, just you probably didn't know this, but uh, starting today on October 16th, 2023, for the week, it is Male Breast Cancer Awareness Week.
0: Okay, wow, didn't know. Of course, I didn't. Yeah. There's so many of them, though. Like, I just found out That's- the other day. Like, it's what is it? Uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Like, there's always a new. One, it seems like every day there's something like, "Oh, this is this is uh, French Toast Day," and it's like, "Oh, okay." So yeah, it's good to know, especially when it's something. But important.
1: nonetheless, nonetheless, I thought I'd throw that in.
0: No, please do. Uh, well, it's not going to come out this week, so that's why. Well, either way, you said the week, so that's good to know. Um, but yeah, no, like I said we we. I've had many people on who've had breast cancer, but obviously, all women. Um, and that's why when I first saw your story, I'm like, oh, okay, this is unique. Obviously, it fits it fits in place with everything else I'm doing. But still, I'm like, okay, I, you know, because I, I also, one of the things I had someone on, I was really trying to find someone uh, for dwarfism. And the first person I had, I got a male on. And I really wanted a woman because I wanted to kind of get the perspective of the woman, why there's so much like sexualization with like women with dwarfism. And yeah. even though the guy was great and we become good friends, I really wanted the woman's perspective. And I finally did get it um, because I just I, I like unique perspectives because I, you know, I mean, I don't have dwarfism, but I also I am a man. And, you know, I don't have the perspective of a woman in that uh, specific situation. Um, and in this case, OK, I may be a man, but I, I don't know. I've never met anybody who has breast cancer. I, obviously, I know it's a thing, um, but never met anyone. Well, until now.
1: Well, that's interesting that you mentioned that because um, and we'll get into it, but every time I have like a workman over at the house or you know somebody on the young side of things, even not so young, uh, I'll always when they're done with their job, I always kind of take them to the side and I give them some information about it and i said, I always say to them, do you ever hear did you ever hear of male breast cancer?" And they kind of look at me, Tim, and they go. <laughs> you know, come on, you joking. And I said, no, you know, it's a real thing. And uh, you need to, you know, you need to check your breasts once a month, just like women do. And uh, so they're all pretty uh, unaware of it. And, and that's why uh, we uh, were out there advocating because we need to, we need to put the word out. A lot of men just don't know that it even exists. And we have t-shirts, you know, with our organization and I've been in at McDonald's or wherever, you know, waiting in line at Chick-fil-A, and people come up to me and go, is this a joke? And, I, you know, then I just show them my scars, and they go, oh, man, it's not a joke, is it? I said, no, it's not. So uh, I'm just glad that I can be on uh, your podcast and give your listeners a uh, realization of what's going on out there.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, that's, you know... And I'm sure you know this. We have a problem in men, like as men where we have to have this like inner like bravado, you know, uh, just too much testosterone has to try to be cool, and it's like we don't have breasts, we have picks, and you know right. that kind of bullshit mentality where it's like it just, it just you know like we you can see women all the time complimentary of their shoes and their outfits, and a lot of times when guys do it, if you're a straight male, it's oh, that's gay or that's something or other. And it's like, no, man, like, we have, we have, like, in this case, like, this is a real issue. And, again, I, I I, learned about male breast cancer when I was, like, younger, and I had the same reaction. Like, oh, come on, stop it. Like, we don't. And then, you know, you get older and you realize, like, no, that is a real thing. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of times men get in their own way. Like, we just constantly are tripping over ourselves because we have to try to look a certain way and feel a certain way. And it's kind of hard to tap into our you know uh, we think by like showing emotion is is like being you know on un- you know isn't as masculine as we need to be but there's nothing wrong with tapping into that emotional side it's just i don't know, i maybe if you grew up with a a good mother like i did you know and i've been around a lot of people in my life that are important to me are women so it's like I have always had that other side of me and I never really looked at a lot of things like I just I've been comfortable with my sexuality where I can be around a bunch of guys and put my arm around them and not know that like I'm not hitting on them or I'm showing interest. Right. So right. yeah, I know I'm rambling, but it, it, it's one of those things where it's like I I wish guys took some of these issues. Even even like um what do you call it? Prostate exams. That's another one obviously it is uh a little more frequent than breast cancer as far as in women because men have to get their prostate checked because prostate prostate cancer is, uh, you know, very popular in men, unfortunately. But, I mean, you see how men perceive that where it's like, oh, my God, when I turn 40, I'm going to have a man's finger in my ass and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But, like, dude, it's it's for your well-being. I've had one done. Does it feel great? No. But it it feels great when I know I don't have anything.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Uh, More men die from male breast cancer. And testicular cancer wow yeah and that's, that's a fact but uh, so anyway what we're what we call ourselves is a is a blue dot in a sea of pink right uh, especially you know October being uh, breast cancer awareness month uh you know it's all you do is you see pink all over the place but my first introduction to the whole thing was uh, back in uh, 2018. We were on vacation, and uh, we were going, dipping in the, uh, I think it was the Mediterranean. We were in Spain. And uh, I, took, I took off my, uh, my shirt, and I noticed my nipple, my left nipple, was retracting a little. And that year, I had uh, acquired uh, influenza B, like back in January, and completely dehydrated, fell down uh, twice. And just messed my ribs up and everything. So I, and I, I had actually my wife had a call 911. I had to get sent to the hospital because as soon as I stood up, I, my blood pressure went down like 65 points. So they said, "Oh, you're going." To, huh? Yeah. And um, and I had my flu shot that year, but you know that was influenza B. It didn't cover it. And so I thought, well, you know, it's probably from you know falling down, you know my. My ribs got cracked and everything and probably my nipple was you know my, my whole chest area was all messed up and also I, I kind of hit my you know sometimes you, your car door hits your hits your chest you know accidentally or whatever so I thought well maybe it's from that so anyway that was kind of like in the fall of 2018 20 thing wasn't getting any better got home and uh, I noticed it's still retracting, in. I go, eh, you know, this doesn't seem right. So I told my wife, I said, "Hey, take a look at this." And the first thing out of her mouth was, "Well, you need to go. You need to go get a mammogram." So I said, "A mammogram?" She goes, "Yeah, I think just check it out." So went to my doctor, and uh, he sent me uh, down to a um, major breast cancer center here in Florida. And that was my first taste of what was going on with this, male you know, breast cancer thing, which wasn't on my radar at all. I was going to ask was, you,
0: is that even on your radar? Like, it was, it was at no, that point. No, no, it
1: wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. And I was in, actually in the medical field. And mm-hmm. uh, just, it, it never, it never really crossed my path, you know. And, uh, of course, I read up about it, you know, uh, on Google and stuff like that. And I went, eh, you know, this is kind of a sign of that. So, anyway... Uh, Went to the first doctor and the doc doc in a box because my regular doctor was on vacation. It was Christmas time and he looked, he says took my shirt off. I said yeah, look at this and he goes what am I looking at? <laughs> and I said well look at my nipple and he goes oh yeah well man yeah okay <clears throat> let's get let's get a mammogram. So I went down to get a mammogram at a Big Breast Center where they have a radiologist on staff and uh, so. They said they, they did a mammogram, and then they said, "Wow, well, we can't really tell anything. We know your right one's good, but well, your left one's kind of questionable. And they said, let's let's do an ultrasound. So I did an ultrasound same day. They looked at it, and I don't know. We, we don't know. You know, it could be scar tissue. It could be, you know, it, I don't, I, we don't think it's too much, but let's be safe. And in a couple of days, let's get a biopsy. So they did a biopsy a couple of days later and then my, my doctor called me up and he said, like eight in the morning, <laughs> a couple of days later, he says, I got the preliminary report, Ron, I'm sorry to say, but it's, it's cancers. So man, it was like hit, getting me hit, you know, over the head with a sledgehammer, you know, like, oh geez,
0: did, cancer, you have, you know? did you have any, like, I mean, obviously not cancer, but what what did like what what was your worst case scenario in your head? Uh,
1: well, my, that was my worst case scenario, but looking, just looking at, you know, what they were saying, like, Oh, it could be scar tissue blah, blah, blah. And the fact that it was one in a thousand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, one right. in a thousand chance. Right. I mean, you know,
0: eh, it's
1: probably, it's probably okay, but no, no, but you know, that was the worst case scenario. Sure. So the worst, the worst thing is that the, the bad thing is we're not women men how many men do you know that have male breast cancer probably nobody
0: you're the the first one
1: yeah and so i'm sitting out there uh with really nobody to talk to you know about this and um got hit. it's like getting hit over the head with a sledgehammer anyway i started investigating and uh a friend of mine. I told a friend of mine, you know, I said, "Hey, come over here. I want to." He said, "I haven't seen you in the gym in a while." And I said, "Yeah, I've been, you know, gone for a couple of weeks." And I told him what happened. I, I said, "You know, I'm, I'm, I've got a problem with my nipple and this and that." He says, "You got male breast cancer, don't you?" And I said, "Yeah." How do you know? He said, "I have a friend of mine up in upstate New York, and uh, let me put him in touch. Let me put you in touch with him." And I thought, "Oh, this is great. You know, I get to talk to somebody who's actually had this." So I called the guy up, and he, you know, he kind of put me at ease. He said, "Hey, look, you're not dying tomorrow. You know they'll treat you, and all this." And uh, so I did Google, and I found the Male Breast Cancer Happens dot org, and I called, I called him up, and I said, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm so and so, and I've got just diagnosed with male breast cancer." And uh, her name was Peggy Miller. She took the phone up in Kansas City, which is national headquarters. And she said, uh, hey, you know, uh, we're here for you. And uh, we've got all kinds of people. We've got some doctors on our advisory staff. Uh, it's not the end of the world. You, you know, my son had it. He was 17 when he acquired it. And they didn't diagnose him until he was until seven years later, until he was 24. It was misdiagnosed. They told him it was everything under the sun, but not cancerous. And then uh, finally his nipples started discharging. And then they said, yeah, it's cancerous. So uh, anyway, she put me at ease. She sent me like a little uh, personal thing, you know, with um, T-shirts and that kind of thing and um, some recovery shirts. So they did a, uh, so long story short, they did a, uh, mastectomy on me. They caught we caught it early. It was stage zero. No, it was stage one, I'm sorry. And the surgeon uh said male surgeon or female surgeon, very a very good surgeon, and she said, Yeah, the whole thing looks wimpy, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. I'm gonna we're gonna remove your left breast. And do you want your right one removed? And I said, No, not really <laughs> right. I said there's there's nothing over there, you know, nothing cancer. So I said "The ones, you know, let's just go with the ones for now, you know, and, and they did a genetic test on me and they do genetic testing to make sure you don't have the, what they call the BRCA gene, which is a gene mutation, which can lead, which makes you more prominent to get breast cancer, male or female. Gotcha. And I was negative. So they, they took my left breast You know, it was major surgery, but the recovery was was not bad at all. And um, they put me on a drug called Tamoxifen. I don't know if you ever heard of it or not.
0: I've heard of it. I don't know what it does.
1: It's an anti-estrogen pill. Okay. So they feel that estrogen feeds the cancer. So the object is to keep your estrogen levels down. Hmm. And uh, they said, you're going to be on that for 10 years. And I said, Okay. And, um, so we were, I saw the oncologist like every three months, she was checking me, everything was going kind of smooth and, uh, 2022 rolls around. Now, the first time I caught it was January, 2019. Now we're in January of 2022 and she's looking under my arm and I, I was checking myself, but this was in the back, of, uh, in, in, in the back of the arm. And she says, "Hey, you know, you got some swelling going on over here. I don't think it's anything." And of course, let me tell you, Tim, when the doctor says, "Don't worry about it," that's when you need to start worrying about. it.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've had many health conditions, and even even when yeah. they say it's one hundred percent fine, I go, "I don't know. I just yeah, don't." Exactly. know. Because I've been but misdiagnosed multiple times.
1: Yeah. So she looks at it and she says, uh, I don't know. She says, uh, you need, you need to go in and we need to, we need to get a an ultrasound and a biopsy. And I said, Oh man, really? And she goes, yeah. And, uh, I was in no pain at all. And I was running like five miles a day and, you know, doing my workouts every day. And absolutely uh, same thing happened with the first time I, I, you wouldn't know I had cancer. And, uh, they go in there they do an ultrasound and then they do uh, a biopsy and uh, this time it's kind of in the lymph nodes and that's not good because the lymph nodes you know it, it can spread in your lymph system and, and go into other areas of your body so they they said yeah you've you've got uh, well they did that they did the the uh, what they call an axillary dissection under, under my arm. And they took out the lymph nodes under my arm. It took out nine lymph nodes, two were cancerous. So that was a little, that was not as good a recovery as the first time. Anyway, uh then after that, my arm started swelling up and uh, by taking the lymph nodes, I, I acquired lymphedema. So, you know that's that's where I am now, and I've been going to physical therapy for about a year, over a year, and I'm I'm in these compression wraps, but they should be weaning me off, like you know, in another month or so. And uh, so I'm I'm in these compression wraps, and um, if everything is is good, I'll be out of that and just kind of like in a joke sleeve, but the way the way this all happened is uh the the surgeon saw saw my arm and he said yeah you know I think you know there's a chance of getting lymphedema and they told me that and um so I did I did have it but he said to me you know there's a surgery that can fix this not that not that it's curable but they can make it a lot better and I said really he says yeah let me let me uh let me send you to another doctor. So he sent me to this plastic surgeon, uh, a very good plastic surgeon. And what they did is uh, you probably never heard of this. I don't know if your audience did either. It's called a lymph node transplant. So what they did is they took lymph nodes from my stomach, which you have a zillion lymph nodes and they transferred it into my arm. And that was back in February. So, it's gotten a lot better, a lot better. Awesome. And I was lucky, you know. I was I was lucky that that I could get that kind of surgery.
0: Now, are you think? Do you feel? And again, I mean, I guess we're now like a year from this. Like, do you feel like you're always gonna kind of have that, like, looking over your shoulder, like, when's the next thing gonna happen? Cause
1: well, it, you know, yeah. this is this is the problem with with men with breast cancer and women, you know. Anybody with cancer is the fear of recurrence. Right. And uh, is it in my mind? Yeah. But I'm not dwelling on it. You know, uh, I, I refuse to dwell on it. I mean, whatever's going to be is going to be. You know, I, I think just keeping a positive attitude, going on with your life, uh, not doing, you know, keeping up with your exercises and everything. And, uh, you know, just not, not being negative, uh, and helping people, um, which I do with the advocacy, you know, I have a support group. We meet once a month and, um, I I try to keep my spirits up and and they try to keep their spirits up as well. Um, but it's in the back of my mind. I mean, you're human. Everybody's going to have that in the back of their mind. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, it, it you
0: know it's it's there. Yeah, it's, it's good that you one created like a safe space for them to talk about it because I'm sure there there is shame that comes within it, and um, at the same time it's it's great to know that you're you're not alone because that's one of the reasons why I created this is just to try to I mean in the, in the beginning the infancy of it was just to kind of kind of just get myself out there and share my story, but then I wanted to try to give it a, a nice place for people who feel that they don't fit in anywhere and, or if they feel alone, give them someone to talk to or someone to just listen to. And, you know, I can't necessarily fill in all the gaps for everybody because I only have my stories. So then you know, it's nice to have women on or people with all these different types of disabilities or addictions and things. Um, and yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I just wanted to jump in. So, so, you know, we call ourselves a, uh, a blue dot and see a pink so when I went to my first mam- get my first mammogram uh, I went down there you know and uh, gave my name and they put a little white band on me you know like they do in the hospital and I would, then I went upstairs to the breast cancer center and she called my name and I went up there and she goes no I need your wife and I said no I'm the patient look at my armband and she goes oh I'm sorry she says we'll have to get a room for you and then, of course, I'm I'm filling out forms, Tim. You know, how's my menstrual cycle? How's my pregnancy? You know what I mean? Right. So right right away, uh, you know that, you know, you're, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't even have
0: the proper things set up for you to even, like, it's all made for women, pretty much.
1: So how did, the reason I got into advocacy for this thing was kind of a, a short story on my first surgery my mastectomy was february 8th and i had i had some dental work done and i had a crown that they did that they had to put in and they didn't want me to have any dental work after the surgery so i called the dentist office and i said hey can you get that can you kind of put a rush in that crown because i'm having cancer surgery uh, on February 8th, could could we get it in before that? And they said, we'll do our best. So they called me on February 7th, and they said, hey, your crowns, and come on in. We'll put it in. So I go in there. I sit down in the chair, and the lady technician says to me, hey, I heard you're having cancer surgery tomorrow. I said, yeah. She says, what kind of cancer? And I said, breast cancer. And uh, she started laughing. She thought I was joking. Yeah. And I don't know, she wasn't trying to be mean or anything, but then I thought to myself a light bulb went off in my head and I said, you know, if guys have to put up with this, I can understand, you know, yeah. why they don't want, want to come out of the woodwork. You know, people are sitting there laughing at this thing. And so I said, well, I don't know where, you know, where I am with this thing, but when I when it's over, I'm I'm, I'm going to be an advocate for for this group and you know, try to just um, educate as many men as I can and women because sometimes it's better to educate the wives than the girlfriends because they'll get the guys to do something.
0: Yeah. Whereas,
1: you know, guys just listen to you and blow it out.
0: You're trying to remove the stigma and you're just creating awareness because, again, that's what a lot of people would think. Oh, a guy with breast cancer, that's silly, you know? Like, I've, I mean, my equivalent would probably be a lot of times when I try to go to get a job, it's like, but with those basically what they're trying to say is like, well, with those eyes, it's not going to happen. It's like, Like, man, you don't know me, like, just don't, you automatically, like, I always talk about people with disabilities, like, our ceiling is so low to people. So, like, if the fact that I have my own place, and I've gone to college, and I went to, you know, I graduated high school with straight A's, and, you know, I work, and I do all these things. It's like, oh, my God, you do that, and that, and that, and it's like, yeah, because we're people, I can do things if I push myself, and I'm willing to to do all the sacrificing, and and I'm going to have to work a little harder, but I know I can do it. And it's amazing some of the reactions you get when people are like, oh, really? It's like, why Why am I like, why can't you have like a more open mind? Like, But yeah, you have to kind of change some of those stigmas by just, you know, putting yourself out there. Sometimes you need the, the few sacrificial lambs to kind of, you know, yeah. put the story out there. And then hopefully the next group of people who, let's say in this case with male uh, breast cancer, now maybe it won't be as hard and won't be so as taboo anymore more people will know about it because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing how, I mean, you said, what was it? 2,600 a year. Like I, that that seems low, but at the same time, it's like, wow I wouldn't even guess that was that high.
1: Yeah. And if you're one of the 2,600, it's a hundred percent. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, now I can tell you, uh, our group male dot org. by the way, if you're ever listening to this, please go to that, our website, MaleBreastCancerHappens dot org. There's a, a self breast exam card on there. There's all kinds of uh, great information. There's all kinds of stories on there. All kinds of resources. So I, I urge everybody to you know to go on there, find out about the risk factors, the signs and symptoms, and that kind of thing. But what I was going to mention to you on the stigma issue is we had a meeting with a very and I'm not going to mention the name. But a very, very prominent recording artist uh, and uh, African American. And that community uh, which is hit a lot harder with male breast cancer, it's it's they seem to get it uh, a little more aggressive than 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 whites do. Sure. And uh, big stigma in that community. Because they refuse, uh, many in that in that community, the black and brown community, refuse to call it, you know, breast cancer. They call it chest cancer, mm-hmm. you know, because of the stigma. Right. The word bre- breast, and it's not yeah. breast cancer, you know. But they they choose to call, and we we had a go around with this guy, uh, and he just refused. You know, he said, "I'm not calling it that." You know, people in, in my community won't go for that. So, you know, that's what we're up against, uh, you know, just from the stigma aspect of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's too bad, but, um, you know, he wouldn't budge on that. But but it was still, you know, an interesting conversation that we had with him. So we are, you know, uh, that's, that stigma is... Is there, and, and 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 the problem is a lot of guys. Now, uh, if you catch it in stage zero, one, or two, you have a ninety percent chance of 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 uh, not a cure, but uh, a good survival rate. If you catch it in stage three, your survival rate goes from ninety percent down to seventy-two percent. You catch it in stage four, and you got a twenty a twenty percent survival rate for five years. So it's real bad. Right. And we get a lot of guys that, that that don't go in right away, poo-poo it, and uh, they're they're at stage three or four. And that's why we're losing 500 guys a year, uh, just from pretty much ignorance, you know, that they, they didn't know they even had it. And, and the problem, Tim, is uh, even the doctors. How many doctors have ever ch- checked your chest when you went in for a physical?
0: Yeah, never. I mean, I've done the little where they put the little scope on my heart and they listen to my heartbeat, but not actually check my chest. No, I've had my testicles checked. I've had a prostate exam, things like that, but never actually my chest. No,
1: exactly. And uh, and they're not doing it. You know, they're they're just they're they're not being educated on it. And so we're you know, we're we're even talking uh, to physicians offices and and some some are actually checking now. But, so we're trying to get the word out there you know to the medical community as well. hey check check guys and especially ask guys if they have breast cancer in their family because uh one in five that have male breast cancer have somebody in their family that's got breast cancer, be it male or female, so you need to know your family history,
0: yeah. Well, and again, like I said earlier, like we kind of have to get to a place, too, because I mean, I know some of it's cultural and, and all that. But I think we, it's been this big fight lately in the last so many years where it's just like masculine men can't be masculine men. So there's like this anti fight against like anything that's more feminine. But then like anything, there's a lot of things that aren't even necessarily feminine like this. Like this is something that just we need to do. But it kind of gets shoveled into that corner. Like, oh, well, that's, that's something a man would do. And it's like, no, dude, you're just hurting your own case. Like, you're really putting it. And then then they pass it down, you know, their genes, and they pass it down to their son or whatever. And it just it becomes this constant, like, cycle. And you're like, no, dude, like, there's, there's nothing wrong with a lot of different things. And especially this, where it's like, you can just admit that you have this and just go in and get checked. But, yeah, there's just this constant struggle within men that we have to try to be manly or, you know, like, it's because anything opposite of that is, like, you know, either gay or whatever. Whatever it is, weak in some cases. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not. Like, this is your health. Like, do you want to live? Because it's manly to fight. Like, if you say you, you beat cancer, I don't want to say it's manly because it's not really because more women fight it off than men. But, like, you know, that's some badass shit if you beat off cancer. But, you look at it like it's it's weak to even get looked at. Like it's 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 silly. Like like I said, even going back to the prostate thing, it's like oh, I don't want someone's finger up my ass. And it's like look, I've had a woman do it and I've had a male do it because I was having prostate problems at one point. Yeah. And it's like look, yeah. it, it doesn't feel great, but it does it does feel great. Like I said, when it's over with, and they just say oh, it was just some swelling. It's not cancer. Everything's good. It's just you know here, take some Cipro yeah. and it will go away. Oh great. It's a-
1: yeah. You know, it's a little discomfort.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not fun. Right. You know. Not fun at all.
1: No, you do what you gotta do. It's it's like guys sitting out at a football game, it's twenty below and you know, they're they're sitting out there with their shirt on, short sleeve shirt on. You know, just trying to be macho, you know. Yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: it's,
1: it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So, male energy, uh, is just ugh. it's like, come on, man. Like, it's okay. Like, that's why I've been. It's one of the things I was more proud of myself later in life, just to kind of. I'm only 35, but just to kind of be okay with my sexuality, know that I love women, but it's like I'm not here to try to impress men, you know? Like, because I some people make fun of me because I have I wear all kind of colorful shoes and shirts and things, and I have a pair of, like I have different color Timberlands, and one of them, I have a pink pair of Timberlands, which weirdly enough came out because of breast cancer. Uh, they and they made them for men and women. And I, of course, bought the male version. And I wear them every so often. I wear them a lot. But, you know, some guys will be like, oh, what's with the the pink Timberlands? Like, dude, I am not here to impress you. And uh, I don't care to. But, like, you want to know, I just like them. I think they look nice or just they stand out. It's something I'm into. But, you know, other than that, I don't have to really explain to you why I wear them because I like women. And, again, nothing wrong even if I did like dudes. But at the same time, it's like, I don't have to explain to anybody why I like something and why I do something. And so it's just something men just, we just have to check ourselves after a while. We have to stop worrying about what other people think and being macho and all that. It doesn't, it just gets you nowhere and it it, it hurts you in the end, like I said.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, talking about that, you know, men being survivors, I, uh, you have to, you know. I, I put myself out there. I'm making myself vulnerable. I'm yeah. telling people my story, you know. But that's okay. I'm helping somebody. Hopefully.
0: But yeah, but again, look at you. Like you have a wife. You're you're happy. Like you 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 know you take care of your body and and you know things happen. But like you kind of a lot of things. I mean, I don't I don't know you all that well, but I'm I imagine your life is pretty good overall. And if things are going well for you, yeah. and, and you and you look and you're making a difference. And like one of the things I always like to say with this podcast is just I love how so oh, I'm many. I'm
1: having an issue. Yeah.
0: Yep. We're here. sorry, guys. We had a little technical difficulty. That's what always happens. Um, but yeah, you were going to say something. I don't know what you were going to say. Though. Yeah,
1: I was going to tell you. I went to a. Uh, we'll do it like a tabletop uh, advocacy thing at certain big events. So we had a big. uh Marathon down here, I'm down here in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, so I'm at the, uh, I'm doing the tabletop advocacy for, you know, the male, you know, org, you know, passing out goodies and information, and I'm standing out there, and, you know, people are kind of passing me by, they're not really, not really bothering to talk to me. And I went, hmm, this is, this is odd. Anyway. Um, so I said to somebody, uh, can I talk to you for a second? I just wanted to tell you about male breast cancer. I'm a male breast cancer survivor. Everybody stopped in their tracks. And they said, sure. Hmm. When they heard that word survivor, I don't, you know, I don't know what it was, but, uh, it was great. You know, so I started doing that and, uh, Apparently, there's there's a respect for survivors
0: out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it also gets put in the category. You know, there's a lot of people get back from the war, and the, you know, um, and I think survivor just sounds it's It just rolls off the tongue really nicely, and it's like, oh, okay, survivor. That's that means he's been through something. Like if you say survivor yeah. or warrior, it's something yeah. that like relates to people. It's like, oh man, okay, this guy's been through something. And you also have the scars to prove it too. And you have the story to back it up, and you have the intelligence to kind of relay it to them. So it's like, oh, okay, this guy. But yeah, like off of just some posters and some pamphlets and whatever, it's like, eh, that's cute. Because anybody can sell you anything. A lot of times, a lot of times people are just they're curious, but eh, it's like, I don't know, I don't because you know you see those. I mean, no one really goes to the mall anymore. But who hate, who likes those people that are just trying to sell you lotion or whatever? Every time you go by them like, "Hey, miss, come here, come here. Hello." Uh, I'd like to say yeah. that and you're like, Ugh, go away." Um even though, you know, you have a yeah, you're not, you know, you're in good tent, you know, you're in good intentions, but sometimes it's just like, "Okay, yeah, you're selling me something." And just because you're selling me something doesn't mean you experienced it. But yeah, as soon as you relay that like, "Oh, yeah, I'm a survivor." Oh, also you so you you know a little bit about this.
1: Do tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I, I did want to—I did want to, for your audience, just just go through a few things. Sure. Uh, I did want to tell the audience uh, they might be thinking, "Well, what are the risk factors?" Well, some of the risk factors. Uh, first of all, this is not an old man's disease. We have people in their twenties, their thirties, their forties uh, getting male breast cancer all the time. So don't let anybody think it's something that just seventy-year-old or eighty-year-old men get. Uh, family history is very important. Uh, one out of five men with male breast cancer uh, have a close relative, male or female, with the disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, genetics plays a part uh, in this as well. So if you have breast cancer in your family, go get a genetic test and make sure that you do not have the BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene mutation because that can uh, that can raise your, your risk of getting uh, breast cancer. Radiation exposure, heavy drinking, is, an, is another uh, risk factor. And um, well, I'd say liver disease, uh, estrogen treatments, higher than normal estrogen levels, and just being overweight can be, um, can be a risk factor. And some of the signs and symptoms of the disease uh, is a painless lump or thickening uh, of the breast tissue, a lump under the nipple, uh, changes to the skin covering your breast, such as uh, dimpling that I had, uh, redness or scaling uh, in that area, uh, changes uh, such as uh, the nipple turning inward, and a discharge from the nipple is, is another is another factor. Uh, Brett Miller, who uh, founded the organization, when he was 17, uh, he got it. It was misdiagnosed until he was 24. When he when he got to be like 23 or 24, he started getting a discharge, and he thought, "Well, they told me it was a calcium buildup," so he thought it was just calcium coming out of his nipple. Until we went to the doctor and they, they saw it, and then you know they diagnosed it properly. Uh, pain under the arm uh, can be another is another problem, and uh, uh, swollen or sore breasts. So again, uh, I urge everybody uh, go to the, go to our website. You know, breast happens.org and you can get all that information uh, concisely uh, on the website
0: right now is there still a chance you can get breast cancer if you don't drink and you don't fall into any of those little categories that you mentioned like for me I'm yeah. I'm not a big guy I don't drink and obviously no estrogen you know so yeah yeah
1: yeah there's always a chance right and uh, you know it could be from environment from exposure to something. Sure. Uh, a, a, a lot of Marines got male breast cancer from uh, the bad water at Camp Lejeune.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to well, tackle all those misconceptions because a lot of people think so many different things. I mean, just just breast cancer in men alone, there's like a huge misconception that it's even real. So once you get past that, then it's like, okay, what else? And so it, it's good to know because you know, because I, I think one of the things I was going to ask you, but you you answered it was. You know, like you said, if breast cancer is in your family, like there's not a separate gene for men and women. It's just women get it easier. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's, it's more prevalent in women, uh, you know, because they have more of the uh, more of the hormones, sure. know, the estrogen.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Because I didn't know if it was like okay, if if one in whatever ten males in your family has breast cancer, then you could get it. But it it doesn't matter if if if, if there's no. even one woman in your family, a male can still get it. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know because you know, some people were like, "Well, I, only people in my family that have it have had it are women." So I'm good, and it's like, "No, that's, that's
1: not the case." Yeah. Right. Right. It's not the case. So now it's just power. Yeah. Now it's just power for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's good. Like I said, it's good to get this stuff out. Like I had a guy on who he was a, he's a doctor, um, but he's like he's pretty well known on social media. He's this, he's this gay guy who uh, he's also a doctor, but he he deals with like HIV and STDs and things, and but he talks about the very uncomfortableness of you know, males, you know, dealing with STDs and obviously uh, how prevalent it is in the gay community and so on. And, you know, he spread a lot of information and misconceptions on, you know, who actually can contract AIDS and all these different things. And it's like, you know, they make, they may be very uncomfortable topics, but just like everything nowadays, like we need to have these conversations because there's, there's too much information now. I think, you know, it's like I, I talk about all the time, like I struggle with brain fog. It's beating my ass right now. And it's like, I go look up brain fog supplements or brain fog, you know, some some kind of relief. And there's a trillion different things. There's just too much information. And there's a lot of yeah. misinformation. And it just kind of gets all pushed into the same pile. And we don't really know which what we're we're getting ourselves into. And so we just kind of take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And sometimes we just kind of give up and get complacent. And we just like, ah, ask screw it. I'll just, whatever happens, happens. If I, you know, my nipple falls off, it falls off. But then... When things start to change for the negative, you're like, "Ooh, well, maybe I waited too late."
1: Yeah, exactly. And I don't want anybody out there, you know, uh, waiting too late and, and and doing something like that. And, and and you're right. I mean, people do get desperate. You know, I I was there is just too much information out there. You're right. It it, it can get confusing, especially for people without a medical background or things like that. Um, I know people who we're taking all kinds of crazy stuff for their cancer. Well, yeah. It, well, you know, that they'll say, well, it killed the cancer. Yeah. But what did it do to your liver? What is it doing to your kidneys? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're taking stuff for animals. Uh, yeah. Killed the cancer. cell, but what did it do to the rest of your body? You know, uh, <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but anyway, um, I'm I'm glad we could have this conversation and
0: Sure, talk about uh, your podcast.
1: I'm looking forward to having you on my podcast. Yay. Uh to, well tomorrow. I want to tomorrow, but it's probably gonna be, you know, later in the year before it gets released.
0: Right, right, right. But you're we're but, recording it tomorrow.
1: Yeah, uh and that's the reason the only reason I got into the podcast uh, industry uh was because of uh male breast cancer. We, uh I, I came up with the idea, I said to uh, my director, uh, and we're a small group. I mean, you know, we're a real small group, so we can kind of do whatever we want. Right. And I, I said to her, uh, hey, let's, let's go on some podcasts. But let's go, not on cancer podcasts. We did to go like on sports podcasts and things like that where men are listening to it. And uh, so we started doing that, you know, to spread the word. And uh, and somebody said, well, why don't you start your own podcast? And I said, well, what am I going to do? You know, why would I do that? And uh, and then I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe that might be something. So I started doing a podcast uh, about three years ago. Uh, A little play on words. It's a rap with rap because my last name is Rappaport. So it's a rap with rap, you know, play on words. And uh, yeah started doing it and, uh, it expanded and, uh, started a Facebook group and, uh, Instagram group. And we've got uh, a few thousand people in there and, um, we're talking about kind of like you, you know, it, it's not, it's not the topics vary, but you know, we've talked about, I'm kind of like, like you kind of want to be a voice for the voiceless, right? the, the things out there that people do. You know, don't hear that much about. So I've covered, you know, autism and uh, homelessness. Sure. Uh, we 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 did something with uh, homeless uh, the homeless group out in Los Angeles on uh, Skid Row, and uh, talk about blindness and uh, child abuse and male child abuse and people getting scammed. Uh, that kind of stuff. And people will, it's, it's pretty much the main theme. I was trying to develop a theme and then I came up with, let's talk about people overcoming adversities.
0: Yeah. It's roughly what this is as well. It's just, yeah. it started off just mainly disability. And then I was like, oh, I'd like to kind of get into the homeless population. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, the first person I interviewed who was formerly homeless was also blind. And then the first person I interviewed who had addiction problem or was also disabled, and then you just start realizing they're all parallel and they're all connected, and then yeah. it just it went more dealing people dealing with trauma and how they overcome it and how they thrive.
1: Yeah, and, I've know. done a lot with that uh, reputation repair. Uh, I had a survivor from Cambodia, the Killing Fields, so and we talked about bullying in school, stuttering, uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Uh, intermittent fasting, PTSD, addiction. Uh, uh, have you heard of bladder extrophy?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I have somebody on there for that. Um, you know, domestic violence. I mean, it, it runs the gamut. You know, it's just people overcoming all kinds of adversities. Yeah. And, I, and, and it mushroomed. And, and, you know, and every once in a while, uh, somebody will email me uh, and say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. You help me out.
0: Same here, yeah. and, That's the best thing.
1: Yeah, it makes it all worthwhile, you know. I know I'm affecting somebody out there, so, in a positive way, and, uh, you know, just like you're doing it, it's good for you and it's good for them.
0: Yeah, every, every so, like, that. there before, I, like, when I really started at the very beginning of it all, I was just like, I don't know, I'd get like 12 episodes and I'm like, oh, 10 people are listening, and then... I just want to give up. And then that one email comes in, man, Hey, you got me through the day. Thank you. And I'm like, all right, I'm coming back for a few more. And then, um, the the more it grows and then I'm starting to do a lot more on like TikTok and Instagram. And I, and I'll be honest, I hate social media. I really do, but it is important. It's just, there's just so much bullshit that you got to filter through, which is what bugs me. And a lot of times the videos that get the most plays and likes and comments are like the dumb ones where I just like, I posted a video of me at Texas roadhouse on the saddle, uh, for my birthday and everyone like I got I got so many hits on that video and I'm like well why don't y'all pay attention to the videos where I'm really like pouring my heart out and advocating and I'm like but you just you got to take the good with the bad it is what it is um yeah well, but you are helping people
1: I I looked up you you got over 100 episodes
0: oh on the podcast yeah 100 tomorrow will be 174
1: wow I think I've got maybe 80 you yeah, know but I've only been doing it three years but uh
0: so I've been doing it yeah. three years too, three and a half. But I put out one a week. I haven't missed a week. Yeah,
1: I don't put out one a week. I I put out maybe one every two, three weeks. Because it's a lot of work.
0: It is finding yeah. guests is hard. Uh, people don't understand how hard that is. It's um, I don't know where did where did we meet? Do we meet on Podmatch? No. No. So ch- no. check out Podmatch dot com. That's I a great site. You,
1: I sent you a message asking if uh just introducing myself and asking you to be uh if you would like to be a member of my facebook group
0: okay yeah yeah, yeah. And then i remember now
1: yep. you wrote back uh hey yeah i checked you out and uh i i'd like to have you on my podcast okay and i said well I'll tell you what i'll be on yours and you can be on mine
0: <laughs> right well check out podmatch.com that's a place i use i find a lot of guests off of there i've probably gotten I 60 do. guests off i of there.
1: I use that. Okay, use I use uh, that other one. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, okay.
0: Good, because those are great tools.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm getting people that are just Saying, "Hey, I want to be on your podcast," and they tell me their stories. So, a lot of times, I don't even have to look for people.
0: Well, you know that you're the one who reached out to me. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how it happens now. More, more than me reaching out to them, it's it's really nice. Or ones that I just stumble upon. I'm not looking for. Like, like I said, I just got on the TikTok like two months ago, and I got like, I don't know, twelve hundred followers or whatever it is. And I'm just on there advocating and every so often I just pass by somebody who likes our comments on my thing and I'm like, oh, they have a story. Let me say hi to them. And then boom, all of a sudden they're on the show. And Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I get the constant, not constant, but every so often I get a few people just saying, hey, we really like your podcast. We like what your content is. Let's talk. And I'm like, here, Ooh, here's my number or whatever. Let's just, let's just do it. Yeah. I Are you that. on
1: Twitter? On Twitter, you said? Yeah.
0: I, yeah, that's the one I don't really use. Not not because it's changed its name and all the controversy around it. I just I never used it. Maybe I should. I don't know.
1: I use yeah, Facebook
0: been, and Instagram been, and TikTok.
1: Yeah, I've been on, I, haven't, I haven't been on TikTok, but I, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, taking time, but it's it's snowballing and it's it's getting bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, I'll keep doing it you know, as long as, as long as I can, you know, as long as I can help people out there.
0: Yeah. As long as you got breath in those lungs and you're, you're able to do it and taking like, you know, to me, I like, I, I use, because mine is a constant fluctuation with my health, whether it's chronic pain or my eyes, like I'm having a bad eye day today. Um, but I'm going to try to get a fixed tomorrow when I go to the eye doctor, but it's, I try to take the days where I feel most like enthused and and positive, and I, I use them to the best of my advantage. I try to advocate and, and try to just make a difference. And then when I'm not feeling up to it, I, I take my rest when I need to, and I just you know I'll do my thing and I'll just kind of stay to myself, but always kind of fighting. And you know it's just you know you got to make it. You know, but the one thing that's kind of changed. Even like today, I didn't want to post a lot, but then I posted a few videos just kind of showing what I'm going through because I don't want to be disingenuous. I want to show them kind of, hey, you know, today's not a good day, but today's not the worst day ever. I'm not suicidal. I'm not overly depressed. I just, I'm feeling a little emotionally down, but I can recover. I'll be all right because I want to kind of show and paint a realistic picture and not just show when I'm having good days because that's not, that's disingenuous and that's not really me um yeah and i like to just you know maybe it's not the sexiest thing in the world but i don't care like i want people to really see me when i'm at my highest and maybe not at my lowest because it's been a while since i've been really really low but i want people to see me when i'm not feeling up to it and just feeling low you know low mannered and just down and you know just tired and drained and, and you know anxiety kicking in and so on so i like to just yeah. be as transparent as i can with not only the podcast audience, but also my social media, you know, followers and so on, because it's important because there's not a lot of genuineness anymore. There's not a lot of like originality. Too many people are just afraid to really open up and show who they are because of how popular social media is and people get torn apart and criticized for whatever nonsensical thing and, um, yeah. You know, and it's just like when, I, when I, I that's one of the things I've been frustrated with, with with social media, where it's like there's just so many people doing nothing like they're just staring at a video, listening to music and blinking their eyes and they're doing nothing. And it's like, yeah. like, I don't like I follow you and I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're about. I may like I may know what kind of music you listen to, but that's it. And it's like everyone's kind of personality is just like robotic it's whatever the trends are and so on. I'm not just talking about the younger generation either. And so for me, like that's that's been something I really I'm trying to stress is just trying to show me and talk about. I mean, I talked about my molestation on you know, on TikTok and whatever because I'm trying to be as honest and and letting people know because there are people who are victims every day to to whatever. And I don't want to just sit around and just act like it doesn't happen and I'm just trying to be as, as just open and raw and uncensored as I can be within, you know, reason, but just so people can see what it is we go through, you know? And, and, you know, like I said, there's so many people that just want to talk about it. And I, I feel like if I can, if, if they can hear one person talk about it themselves, maybe it'll inspire them to open up and eventually let yeah. people in.
1: And, that, and that's kind of, kind of what I do. You know, I have people on the show that, uh, then are opening up and are, are making themselves vulnerable and uh, showing the people out there, hey, you know, they went through a whole lot of bad stuff and they, they came out on top and you can do it too.
0: Sure. You know, don't give up. You sure. know,
1: that's, that's pretty much our theme. And as far as the Facebook group, we I, I pretty much just put out uplifting, you know, videos, uh, images, uh, quotes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I I try to keep it as positive as I can, and we haven't had out of thousand, couple thousand people. I I think maybe I've had a maybe eliminate one or two people that you know just didn't adhere to the rules, but you know the people seem to like it, and so I do that, and I and I keep them abreast occasionally, you know, what's going on with me. Uh, probably not to the extent you do, but. You know, I, I do keep them abreast of, of my health condition.
0: Yeah, because I think it, it's important to them, for people to know that you're, like, real. Because at some point, yeah. like, because no matter how big you get and how much, you know, you get a big following or, you know, you get books published and people are just like, oh, who is he? And it's like, everyone wants to know that people, that's why people are so, like, enamored with celebrities because they just don't look at them as human. They're like, oh, look how famous they are. And it's like, yeah, but they're not susceptible, like, to, to like cancer or any of that all that stuff is they, they get it and then when they hear like oh my god like bruce willis is you know he could barely think and speak and, and it's like oh my god it's terrible it's like yeah because he's human like it's yeah. awful but at the same time it's like bruce willis is human it can happen it can happen to all these celebrities like we're all gonna die i think it's really hard for people to understand that and you know, it's good that, you know, that's good for you to like, as a, being a figure who's trying to motivate and keep people alive, it's, it's good to, cause it's nice to say nice things and, and get them motivated, but it's also nice to know like things about you. Like, oh, he yeah. likes rock music and he goes to see movies and he's just, he's real. Like, he's not just something that just post positive stuff. Cause everyone does that. Well, what else? Like, who are you? And and it's good that you yeah. let people know like where you're going, where you're headed and what you've been through and you know, and also it, it helps when you do other little side ventures because it it shows that you know oh is he just the breast cancer guy? It's like no, I'm I'm also a person. I got a wife, and you know I love whatever. This is my favorite so and so. I like spaghetti, whatever. Like it's good to know that you're a human.
1: Um, yeah,
0: and it's good to know you have like a sense of humor. That's another thing. Is a lot of times people who have gone through something traumatic they tend to just be like just a dullard. It's like no you can still be like, I think a lot of people who have some of these things can be very, like we have really dark sense of humor. So we can laugh about things and we're more open-minded, and, but there are some that are just like, Oh, really? Oh, I get it. Your life is hard, but my God, can you make a light of it a little? Cause I'm, you know, you're boring me here, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to know that something you just, you're a person at the end of the day. And I think that's something that, that have lives. you ever
1: tried Facebook live?
0: What'd you say? Say that again.
1: It's been on Facebook live.
0: Yeah, I've done a few Facebook lives, I've done a few Instagram lives, and TikTok lives.
1: How did that work out for you?
0: Um, it it, it depends. Like TikTok lives, they're they're hard because of no one, people just in and out. But you can find people. Instagram lives, it, they don't really get out as much. It's more about your your how many followers you have. So that one kind of is rough. But Facebook, I have a decent amount of followers on Facebook, and I get people in and out. They're 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 fine. Um, it's, it's nice cause that you can just post them and people can watch them later. Um, I like them. I, I don't do them as much as I, I used to, but every so often I'll do something and I'll ramble and I like when people come in, but it's hard when you don't, if you don't have like a really giant following where you know that some people are going to come in, they aren't as interactive and you, you kind of just sit there and you ramble. And then every so often, like my, my problem is always people start coming in right when I'm about to finish and it's like, Oh, Hi. Oh, let's talk about some more. here. This is what I was talking about this whole time. Uh, you can go back and listen, or you, we can just sit here and have a conversation about it now. Um, but I do like when I can play off of somebody. That, like, I've done some TikTok ones where I've had a few friends in, and we just talk. And it's a little easier to play off, because sometimes it's just awkward, because you're just rambling, and then people are coming in, and you're like in the middle of your subject matter. And then you kind of have to stop and kind of rewind again to go, oh hey, hey John fifty two. Um, yes, I'm talking about breast cancer. How are you? Um, and we're and you, and you just and you got to keep doing that every so often. Where Facebook though is a little more, like I said, the fact that you can post them right away uh, is nice. But um, like I said, I've had some success from it. Um,
1: oh, that's good. That's good. I was thinking of I may do that down the road.
0: Yeah, no, they're right. fine. They're, like I said, they're, they're, they're a little, I think Facebook Lives are a little better than like some of them because like I said, you can post the full thing. Whereas like TikTok, you can only post so many minutes and, uh, you yeah. really have to go back and like cut it and whatever. But, um, Well, I'm
1: like you, I have to, I have to kind of, you know, do it on some of the days. I'm still going through treatment. Uh, sure. I'm on a shot every month, uh, that completely takes away all my testosterone so that affects me i'm on a an anti i'm on a kind of like a chemo drug it's really not chemo yeah. but there's side effects to that so you know i'm still you know they still got me on because they figure i, I could be high recurrence sure. so they got me on you know uh, preventative stuff and and all that you know just to let everybody know out there you know with cancer sometimes it's yeah, you're you're over it, but you still have collateral damage from all the stuff they put you on to prevent it from coming back. Yeah. So, you know, I have my good days and my bad
0: days, you, you know. For sure. Um, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, we're going to keep in touch, and I, I definitely want to keep an eye on your health, make sure you're doing all right. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It's very important. And trust me, I know a lot of people, not just myself, but that's one of the things – Maybe that's the gift and the curse is knowing so many people with all these different ailments and disabilities. Because every time I check up on them, and I know a lot of them now because of doing this, every time I check up on them, there's a few of them where I just kind of like close my eyes when I go to read the text, the the response. Because some of them, especially the ones with like chronic pain, a lot of them can be really just really just torn apart. And it's like, oh, my
1: God. But yes, I've done actually, I've I've done uh, done a few uh, episodes on chronic pain. And I had a lady by the name of uh, Tina Petrova. I don't know if you ever heard of her.
0: No, I don't think and I And
1: she, she made a, uh, she's from Canada. She made a documentary on uh, on chronic pain. You can get it on Tubi for free.
0: Oh, check it's it called
1: out. Pain. It's called Pain Warriors. Yeah, check it out. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a real, <laughs> you know, you can check out my website. Yeah, everybody out there, it's um, yeah, a check- the rap with rap. It, uh podcast and uh, you can get all the episodes there on spotify pandora apple google all your major platforms or you can go on my website it's a wrap with com. so that's i-t-s-a-w-r-a-p-w-i-t-h-r-a-p.com it's a rap with rapcom and all all the, all the uh, episodes are in there and uh and
0: other stuff as well. Awesome. Well, so. don't hang up yet. Cause I'll, I want to talk to you for a second after, but, okay. um, but yeah, I appreciate you, brother for coming on for real. I, I, I mean, I'm happy. Uh, to appreciate eventually,
1: you
0: me. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to come on yours, but I really thank you for being so honest about what you're going through and what you've had to endure. Cause it, it does take a lot of bravery to kind of be the spokesman for male breast cancer, even if it doesn't seem like it, but it, it, it yeah, it, it's awesome that you're doing that. Cause we need more people to speak about it and, you know, hell, you got me fucking grabbing myself making sure I'm okay. I don't, you know, I promise I'm not I'm not trying to be, uh flirt up with you and just, you know, I'm not trying to feel myself up here, but it's good to know uh you know, like I said someone out here's caring and uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so thank you for coming on for
1: You you're, it's a pleasure to be on Timmy You're you're a warrior, man. You're 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 one of my heroes now.
0: I appreciate. it Thank you, buddy. <music>